Hello, welcome to the Bright Club Southampton podcast, episode two. I'm Dave Christensen, I'm your host for these podcasts. Uh, thank you for listening. So Bright Club is a comedy night, with the twist being that most of the performers are researchers, uh, many of whom have not done any kind of stand-up comedy before. We want to find out a bit more about what makes our performers tick, uh, how they got into their research, and a bit more about their work, uh, and why it is interesting and important. But don't worry, there'll also be laughs along the way as we hear clips from their performances, and just in the conversations between our interviewer and interviewee. In this episode, I'm being interviewed by our friend James Thomas. I performed back at our first show, and we're still trying to get James to perform. So I won't tell you any more about myself at the moment, because that's what's going to be coming up in the interview. So let's get on with the show. Uh, I'm Dave Christensen. Uh, currently I'm working as a research technician. I uh, just finished my PhD last year studying embryonic stem cells. Hello Dave. Hi James. Uh, <laughs> it's good to see you. Um, we're going to uh, start this podcast off by talking about what we're, what you spoke about. Sure. But, so, um, can you briefly explain your research? So, for my PhD I worked with human embryonic stem cells and essentially I was looking at uh, the metabolism, primarily how much glucose sugar the embryonic stem cells consume and what the role of that seems to be in maintaining them as embryonic stem cells. Fantastic. I, I did my PhD on embryonic stem cells and if you know anything about embryonic stem cells it's that they can become any type of cell that we have in our body. So then when I tell people that I work on embryonic stem cells, their natural reaction is, oh, if you can make all these different types of cells, you could treat a load of different diseases. You could treat diabetes, blindness, Alzheimer's. So which, which one of these are you treating? Which one are you trying to cure? But my research was actually on trying to keep stem cells as stem cells. And, <laughs> and then people think I'm an idiot and go, you're, you're doing the opposite of what we as the public want you to be doing. This is not good research. You're not going to help anything. But I want to tell you guys that I'm not an idiot and the research I was doing was worth it. Okay, so hopefully you'll understand me and believe me that I'm not an idiot. I've got a PhD, so uh, some people at least think I'm not an idiot, maybe. In terms of preparing for your Bright Club uh, set, um, how difficult did you find it to draw uh, analogies or connections uh, that you thought would resonate with the crowd? Um... Well, I don't know. I don't know how much I'm necessarily worried about resonating with the crowd. <laughs> so, uh, I um, I wanted to come up with analogies. Um, so yeah, I tried to find something to talk about. But I then thought, well, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter. I guess if they necessarily understand what I'm talking about, as long as it's funny. So right. uh, okay. Um, yeah, I I wanted to maybe make use of analogy to explain what I was talking about, but. Um, yeah, I think the primary thing was that it had to be funny as well, because I think I could explain what I wanted to, maybe not necessarily with analogies. I think they can help, but um, but yeah, hopefully I got my point across, whether it was through analogies or not. I thought I'd try and look up some analogies, or come up with some analogies for stem cells and stem cell research, and uh, 
being a scientist and not an arts person, I've got no imagination, so I did have to look them up and just Google stem cell analogies and see what the internet gives me. And uh, I found a stem cell research charity that was comparing stem cells to Minecraft and describing stem cells as the building blocks of the body. And this annoys me because it, it seems that people think that Minecraft is just about building. And Minecraft's about a lot more than just building, okay? <laughs> I play a lot of Minecraft. I was between jobs recently, and pretty much all I did was play Minecraft. And I wasn't just building things with blocks, okay? I was doing lots of other stuff. I was growing loads of crops. I've got wheat, carrots, potatoes, sugar, melons, cocoa, pumpkins. Yeah, it's great. I've traded all those things with villagers, get some emeralds. So just, oh, and I've got a sheep called Jeb, whose wool changes colour. So please don't tell me that Minecraft is just about building things with blocks, okay? And even if, even if it was just building, if there were stem cell blocks in Minecraft, it would just ruin it and make it too easy. It'd be like cheating. You just take a stem cell block, and then you'd be able to make a load of other stem cell blocks. And then you'd be able to take some of those and get some stone blocks and some wood blocks and some dirt blocks. And what would be the fun in that? I spend hours mining for that stone and chopping down <laughs> trees. You, you might as well just play it in creative mode. But I play it in survival mode. Real men play it in survival mode. Okay? You've got to work for the stuff and then you've got to get back in your house at night or the zombies will try and kill you. Okay? That's, that's how men play Minecraft. Okay, in terms, of, uh, in terms of the comedy, in terms of the humour you're bringing for it, did you have anyone in mind that really uh, was your inspiration? Was there a comedian or a particular uh, scenario that you were trying to, to draw on that, that was your impetus for your set? Um, well, different sections, I guess, because I, I think I, I sort of changed comedic style a bit in the different sections. I think, so my first bit, really, I was... I was wanting to suggest that I was going down the line of some some types of maybe comedians or maybe just people who talk about science on TV and radio and things who will get angry about something being misrepresented. Mm -hmm. But then I went off in a different direction and was complaining about Minecraft. You were thinking about Cox, for instance. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That, that maybe came out not quite how I was thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I meant that. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but yes, I was trying to. I was thinking maybe about those sorts of people, but also about um, some comedians uh, like Michael Legg is someone who I like who will get angry about things that maybe there's no point in getting angry about. Um, but uh, but at other points, I guess maybe I was just I was trying to do more wordplay and um, sort of puns. So that's then quite a different style of comedian, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think for the most part though. What I would say to other people wanting to perform is just probably most of us performing didn't have very many jokes. I maybe had three jokes or two jokes in there. And other than that, it was just saying things that maybe were mildly funny and then the people in the room laughed <laughs> possibly more than they <laughs> more than was deserved. But, um, but your passion think, was, was evident. And I think that, that pulls the crowd in. I mean, did, yeah. did you find your confidence growing during the set? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, no. If, if you uh, if you listen again to my set, the start is pretty horrible, <laughs> a bit hairy. But um, no, no, I I got to enjoy it, and certainly there were points in there where I did really enjoy the reaction I got. Sometimes. 
because it was more than I was expecting and sometimes just because I knew what the punchline was coming up and was going to laugh myself. So then it was <laughs> quite fun hearing the laugh yeah. when it did come. Good. Sometimes I try and explain what I do to people from other countries. And then the easy first thing to do is look up what the word for stem cell is in their language. And uh, then hopefully I don't need any analogies because hopefully they've already heard of stem cells. So for example, in German, stem cell is Stammzeller. But to me, Stammzeller sounds like something that Joseph Fritzl might have said to his daughter when telling her to get back in the basement. <laughs> Stammzeller. <laughs> so, um, go back to my research. I'm supposed to be talking about my research. What, pre uh, what was the sort of um, predominant reason why you decided to study science? Was it just a natural aptitude or...? Uh, I guess it was that. Um, I think I ended up doing science mostly just because I didn't really know what else to do. <laughs> so, um, at school at A-levels, I chose mainly science subjects just because I found them easier at school. And then after that, I wanted to go to university, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to do medicine, so I ended up doing biochemistry just because it sounded like a mix of biology and chemistry, so I didn't know how to pick one of them. Okay. Um, that was essentially it. And then I got to the end of my degree and didn't want to get a job, so I thought I'd do a PhD. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, it's not a very noble You're reason to get You're not selling this in. well, I've got to say. <laughs> um, okay, so what actually made you want to, to concentrate on that area of research for your PhD? Um, I, I think mostly it was just so... Um, it was just basically the supervisor I'd gotten with best. Um, the area that I ended up researching during my undergraduate studies um, I really hated that kind of science when I was learning about it. I really had no interest in it, so I found it really boring. But the PhD course that I was on was one where we had in the first year three rotation projects in different labs. And my first supervisor on my first project didn't really check up on me much, so I just did no work. <laughs> so um, that didn't really go very well. And then my second supervisor was quite pushy and wanting to get detailed plan of what I was doing from week to week. Um, and I found that I really needed that, actually, that I needed that kind of pushing. So mm -hmm. um, so in the end, I went with her more because I enjoyed working in that lab and I found it suited the way I was working. So, um, And I found the subject interesting enough. But it certainly, I had assumed before I started the PhD that I would want to study something disease-focused. Um, but then when it came down to it, I thought, it doesn't necessarily matter. So one thing that you could use this kind of research for is to try and help our bodies heal themselves better. So we've got stem cells inside of us that then maybe you could try to make them better stem cells. So you could use what I've learned about what keeps embryonic stem cells happy and then try and apply that to the stem cells in our body to try and make them happier and better stem cells and help them heal you. So, so I've come up with this health drink. I'm going to tell you about it exclusively. Okay. So, I haven't tested this. This is just in my mind at the moment. So, you can wait and see. Maybe I am an idiot. So, what I learned about embryonic stem cells was that they like to rapidly consume a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar, really fast. And we found that trying to stop them consuming all this sugar reduced how effective they were as stem cells, how happy they were as stem cells. So then, conversely, maybe we just need to forcibly make the stem cells in our bodies 
eat a load more sugar, and then there'll be better stem cells. That, that seems to make sense, I think. So, so my new health drink is just basically really, really sugary iced tea. Okay, just loads of sugar in there. I'm calling this Body Rebuilder's Tea. In terms of where you think your, um, the research that you carried out will lead, where, I mean, where do you see that going? So I think, I think within the next few decades, a couple of decades or so, stem cells will be used fairly routinely to treat a, a wide range of diseases. In the last That's week, we've seen two major cases of stem cells being used to restore people's sight. Yes. Uh, once in the US, uh, and, and I think it's either happened or it's just about to happen here. Yeah, I, I meant to, I think, yeah, I don't remember, I meant to look into that more actually because the, the work that I'm doing at the moment is actually on using stem cells to treat AMD, which is um, so it's age-related macular degeneration, yeah. which is the disease that they have treated in those recent news stories. Uh, there seems to be quite a lot of scepticism from people in my lab about whether um, this is actually a news story that should be around. Um, and uh, yeah, speaking to my mum last night on the phone, she did ask me, so have you still got a job then? Because they seem to have already done what you're trying to do. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think I think there's still a lot of work in those things to do to optimize them and make sure everything's safe and and just make everything as efficient as possible. Um, so I think there's enough work in that area to be done. And certainly, I think the reason why these things have happened in eyes first is um, so the eye is immune privileged. So any cells you put into the eye won't actually be attacked by an immune system, which means transplants are easier. So there's other diseases which will be slightly harder to treat. I think. Um, so they're going to be coming a bit later. Um, but the other thing that I talked about in my set was about understanding stem cells to try and maybe help the body heal itself. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something that maybe might become a bigger thing. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to see really where that's going to go. But, um, but it's certainly potentially possible to try to um, help the body's own adult stem cells to regenerate injuries and things, but that that possibly would be quite limited in its applications um, for particular cell types where there are more adult stem cells present um, and less complicated structures and things to replace. Because I think that's probably the limiting factor in general is just the complication of everything in the body. There are some things that are quite easy, so the reports on organs that have been grown from stem cells are uh, they're, they're getting more often now the more complicated organs but um, the first things that they tried to make were relatively simple things so like a bladder is essentially just a bag so you can make a bladder relatively easily it's not very complicated whereas then a heart or something is a lot more complicated and then kidneys and liver and whatever they're a lot more complicated again so even though even though the the story we're here is that because it's stem cells that, that should theoretically be no issue with um, uh, the immune system of the body that in fact is is not entirely the whole case that's not true uh, well so it depends on the stem cells uh, so for my PhD I was working with embryonic stem cells and because then they are taken from uh, an embryo that is then genetically different from you or me um, or anyone so that would then be the same as an organ transplant mm -hmm that is standard, um, it would be recognised as being foreign by the immune system. Yeah. So it could be rejected. 
whereas um, the stem cells that I think more people have more hope in being able to use are stem cells called induced pluripotent stem cells, which I work on now. So those are cells where you can take someone's skin cells and then you can do what we call reprogramming them to turn them into stem cells, like embryonic stem cells. And then you can differentiate them down into heart or liver or whatever you need to treat the disease. So those then, in theory, there shouldn't be the rejection issue because they are self. So you could take my skin cells and then treat my disease with my own cells. So they should then not have that problem. But at the moment, it's there's a worry with those that um, the cells will retain some kind of memory about what they used to be and then might not form as efficiently what you want them to be. I see. So they might be more like a skin cell than you would ideally like to be able to treat heart disease or whatever. Admittedly, there's potentially one pretty bad side effect with this, that all of that sugar in that very, very sugary drink might not be that good for you, might cause diabetes. Hey, that's not a great side effect for my thing that might help you heal your broken bones or something. But don't worry, because as those people who told me I was an idiot for not trying to work on curing diseases with stem cells would say, they're saying, well, you could cure diabetes with stem cells. So hopefully someone else is doing that somewhere. <laughs> and then, yeah, my health string will work fine. Did you, I mean, did you find when you were preparing for the set that just thinking about it in, and, and trying to have to con condense it down into such a short period of time, it offered you like unique or new insights into your own research? Did you, did you, did you find a pathway that had previously not been uh, open to you? Um, I don't know how much I learnt really from doing that, I think, because, so, um, I'd finished my PhD and stopped doing this research several months before the performance, so, um, I wasn't too worried about learning new things from it. I think, I think public engagement and thinking about your research can be really useful in a lot of ways like that, and certainly other public engagement things I've done have helped me see my research in a different way, but I think... I guess because I was focused the whole time on trying to find something funny to say about it, um, I guess I, I didn't really think about it in terms of the research anymore. I just tried to think about what I could say in relation to it that might be funny. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it made me think about the research much, really. Okay, Dave, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. You guys have been great. <laughs> thank you. Hi again. Thanks for listening all the way through. We'll be back with episode three in two weeks' time, where I'll be interviewing Bright Club Southampton boss Nikhil Mystery. In the meantime, you can now watch all the videos from our last show on our YouTube channel, and if you're keen to see some sciencey comedy, I suggest going along to the Sciencing Room at the Art House in Southampton on the 1st of April at about 1.30, I think the start time is. There you can see scientists answer some rather silly questions in a fun way. So there's a few of us past performers from Bright Club who will be there answering questions, uh, including me. I'll be giving a short talk about whether narwhals and unicorns are related. So you can find the event page for that on Facebook. That was the Sciencing Room. Uh, also, please go like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And finally, please tell all of your friends about Bright Club. Bye!